Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Burrow's furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating, They always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to the Battlefield Show. I am Scott Gibson, your Commander-in-Chief, guiding you through the battlefield of life. You know what you're here for. No more messing about. Stick the tape in. Hit the track. Onwards! We are off. How the fuck are you? Monday, December 2nd. We're in December. How the fuck have you been to, man? Um, recording this. This is the thing. I'm sitting here going, we're recording this again late. But technically, the podcast comes out on a Monday. I'm recording it on the Monday. It'll be out the day. So, I mean, are we late? What is late? What is time? Is time even a thing? Was it created by the government? Is that going to be the vibe of this episode? Who knows? Thanks to everybody who came out to the Glee last night in Glasgow. Uh, great wee gig, man. Um, so it was nice to be in there. <coughs> Excuse me, doing a doing a tour show, man. Doing my own show rather than just doing club sets. Uh, but we are fucking body deep in the. I mean, festive. Is it festive period? But. I have got this week, for example, I'm in Birmingham for five days, Wednesday through Sunday, performing at the Glee down there. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be drunken Christmas wankers. That's what it's going to be. Good thing is though, an amazing lineup, all really nice people, so it'll be a good, 
it'll be a good week, but every year I tell myself, you know, maybe Christmas will no be that bad. Maybe Christmas will, maybe people will come out for a laugh and enjoy themselves. But the reality is that there's something about that pack mentality that turns people into fucking raving lunatics. Especially on a Christmas night out. Especially if, it, if it's a works night out. If it's a, a group of friends that have organised something for a night out, that tends to not be that bad, manageable. But when it's a works night out, <clears throat> especially on a comedy club, it'll be like one person out of a group of like 60. I just really love comedy. And the rest of them just want to get drunk and try and fuck each other. That's all a Christmas night out is. A year of built-up sexual tension in an office environment listening to people moan about their husband or their wife. And then you get drunk and you try and pump each other while exchanging secret Santa for a tenner. <laughs> You've clearly spent £12 on secret Santa. The budget was £10, so what's going on? You're trying to get after him. What's happening here? <clears throat> so that's what I've got to look forward to. But thanks to everyone that came out to the show, man. It was a, it was a great night. And uh, it's the last tour show of 2019, man. Fucking hell. But there'll be more dates coming up. Um, 2020, a load of stuff in the diary. I'm going to do a kind of big post probably next week <clears throat> of stuff that's coming out. Oh, <coughs> I have no idea what is happening with my throat today, man, but I am coughing like a fucking pensioner. <coughs> so I apologise, Steve. Um, did you enjoy Black Friday? Did you punch an old cunt for a toaster? What happened? Didn't he seem as wild this year? Which is upsetting. We've all seen vid. No, I know they still go mad in America because Americans at least will commit to something even if they know it's wrong. Okay? Vietnam, Afghanistan, Trump. They know it's wrong, but they will see it through to the end. And even if they lose, they'll call it a win. Now, Black Friday. <coughs> what is going on with my throat? Black Friday is, uh, from from what I understand, it actually originated in Philadelphia. City of brotherly love, so maybe Black Friday over there means something completely different, but it seems to be the, the day after Thanksgiving, um, where it was referred to as Black Friday because it was so busy in, in town because of people uh, being out. Shopping or enjoying themselves, existing after Thanksgiving. And then, <clears throat> as we do, <coughs> what is happening today? As we do with a lot of these things, we adopt stuff from America. Now, Black Friday is arguably the one of the, the better ones that we've adopted, right? Because you're like, for too long, there has not been enough young people on pensioner attacks in a shopping environment, right? For too long, somebody's obviously sat down and went, hey, my gran is able to walk freely through an Asda in the afternoon getting a copy of the Daily Mail 
and a fucking two litre bottle of iron brew. It's time we bring in some kind of fake holiday stroke shopping experience where we can fucking British bulldozer the cunts to the floor in order to get a black punt TV, whatever the fuck that is. This is this is the problem with not fully adopting <clears throat> Black Friday and really going fucking full force. We're doing this because in America we've all we've all seen the videos, right? People storming department stores, poor workers going, we can't hold them back any longer, and they're dragged into the fucking melee, and people lose eyes, and there's kids screaming. As they wrestle each other for... But there's actual deals. This is the thing. They actually get decent shit. Whereas we get a fucking load of crap. And we still we still go mad for it. Big supermarkets. There's usually supermarkets here, right? Because we've got the fucking... We don't have, like, massive department stores like they have in America, right? Nobody's going to go to John Lewis and fucking kick off for some Tiffany box or a fucking bit of Egyptian wool, right, nobody's, there's not a bunch of middle class folks standing outside John Lewis going, right, when that opens, get straight up to haberdashery and just fucking go crazy. <laughs> Haberdashery's under attack. We're going to have to bring in extra security for the haberdashery department. <laughs> there's guns fucking putting knit needles in the back of people's heads to try and get a fucking... Nespresso machine for £5 off. That's the problem. There's no, there's no actually any deals. There's no actually any deals. It's different if you're going to go out and you're going to say, do you know what? Let's buy a new telly. Listen, how much is a telly? It's 1200 quid. Look, way off to Black Friday, right? It's three months for now. Get yourself down the gym. Bulk up on some upper body strength. Do some, like, explosive squats, power in the thighs, good low centre of gravity, upper body, bulk up the chest. Do that for three months, then come Black Friday, as soon as that fucking door opens, knock a few pensioners to the ground, crack a few jaws, and you'll get a TV for 60 pence. That's a deal! That's a deal! If you're saying to me, there is something that I want... And if I wait to Black Friday, I'm going to get like 75% off it. I will fucking rip the guts out of your grandfather in front of you. I don't give a fuck. Because that's a deal worth fighting for. I had something. Do it every now and again. I'll put things on like <clears throat> an Amazon wish list, right? And I'll look at it to see if it comes down in price or whatever. Because you get out of Amazon, I'll maybe buy it or I won't. And Christmas is coming up. I'm fucking struggling with the, with the missus' presents. Uh, I don't know what to do, man. The problem is, my girlfriend is the greatest human being that's ever existed. And she is full of thoughtful and loving ideas, right? So she will get you a gift and you'll be like, how the fuck did you... I didn't even know that I would want that. And then you open up stuff and you're like, how the fuck... Not only how the fuck did you think of this as a present, where did you get this shit? Our anniversary was last week or two weeks ago, right? Or two weeks ago. I don't even fucking know. It was in November, right? 
And what did I do? Even know what I got? Man, like, fuck whatever, right? You just you just do the man thing, you like clothes or dinner or whatever, and then she got me Richard Pryor's album. That nigga's crazy. She knows how much I love this, but an original for the seventies, an original press Richard Pryor album shipped for fucking California. You're like what? So I'm dreading Christmas. I'm dreading it because I know that I'm not going to have the, that that kind of, and I don't want to say it's, it's a woman's mindset, right? But there's just that women are just better at these things than men because men are fucking black and white, straight. Uh, we move, we move in straight lines, right? We're pawns. Men are pawns, and women are are queens and bishops and the fucking the wee castle hang. They they're just better. Right? At this kind of stuff. Okay? Then we are. And I know come Christmas I'm going to open the most thoughtful presents ever and she's going to get like a fucking pasta machine. <laughs> or a gift voucher. Uh, so, I saw this thing on Amazon. I was like, fucking that here. That'll, she would like that, man. I think she'd like that. And I got a wee email going like, hey, big man, fucking Black Friday's coming. Black Friday's coming. Waited to Black Friday, went on Amazon. 15 quid off. I thought, it's no much a deal. Let's be honest, what's 15 quid to Amazon? Fuck all, right? But I thought, hey, 15 pound better in my pocket, right? All the fuckers I've done, taking 15 pound off it. Whereas a day before it was free postage, now it's 15 pound postage. It's the same price. It's the same price. That's not a fucking deal. That's not a Black Friday deal. That's a fucking daft cunt postage deal. There's no deal. That's not a deal. This is the problem with Black Friday. There's no fucking deals. And then they've brought in Cyber Monday. What the fuck is that? Everyone's online now. The high street's dying. And the high street's dying. I'll tell you this. The high street's dying because it's fucking shite. That's why it's dying. Right? Explain to me, Nike, Mr. Nike, how you can charge me £100 for a pair of fucking limited edition Air Force Ones when it costs you 10 pence to make them in a fucking factory in Bangladesh. Explain to me. Where are the costs involved? There's no there's no service in this country. This is not this is not a country built on service. On customer service. This is a country built on going to foreign countries, setting fire to their houses, and taking what things they have, right? We don't have customer service. So, when people from other countries who are very polite and kind and nice come in this country to work in the shops because we've got too high opinion of our fucking selves or lazy cunts to go and work in a fucking shop, and then when you go into the shop, you're like, oh, isn't this a nice foreign person? They're giving me great service, it's lovely. And now some fucker in red car or middle spots went, get them, fucking get them out. Who's going to work in the shops now? Miserable Scottish cunts. And then we're all fucked. We're all fucked. We've no thought about this. So Black Friday, again, was shit. Have yet? I think... I would just like a couple of shops to have actual deals that's worth getting. And I would also like shops to maybe send out a message going, listen, we are going to have six whatever 
TVs, computers, six MacBooks for a pound in the shop. They're going to be in the centre. They're going to be raised 10 feet off the floor, surrounded by four Dobermans who have not been fed in a week and they've watched their friends and family be tortured in front of them. If you can navigate through the Dobermans, climb the ladder, which is also going to be in fire, you can retrieve a MacBook for a pound. That's the kind of shit I want to see, right? That's the kind of stuff I want to see. Maybe that's what will happen after Brexit. <laughs> maybe, maybe we're looking at this Brexit thing wrong, right? Maybe we're going, if, what happens if we leave? Who I, I go to the Turks for my hair. I enjoy a Turkish coffee. Are they all going to get lobbed out? How many more lorries full of fucking bodies do we need to find before we reverse this? Maybe we need to start thinking what good things could come through Brexit. Maybe it'll be a post-apocalyptic world where fucking Bojangles reign supreme and we all start fucking looting like the purge in the sea. <laughs> ah. But for me, Black Friday was again in our letdown. I've yet, I've yet to see a Barney in a shop. I've yet to see it. The only thing that happened once, years ago, as the Linwood, I was in with my mum and my brother doing the big shop, the big shop. And uh, we're at the till, never forget it. Packed, busy Saturday afternoon. We're there, young teenage boys. Fire alarm goes off, right? Because some fucking no good person in the and the bakery's burnt something in the ovens, right? And the fucking fire alarms go off. I've always wanted see the bakery department, like in in supermarkets. Are these actual bakers, or is it just a cunt that's turned up for like an interview? You know, and they've went. Can you name three types of bread? The lit, uh, square, roll, crepe. The lit fucking here. This boy knows your stuff. You want to be a baker? And then, boom, you're a baker. Or is it actual bake? Like, is it actual bakers? Because if you... I mean, that's a skill, right? That's a trade. You imagine being a baker and you work in Asda? I remember watching a documentary about Greg's, right? Again, that's how fucked up this country is. All the shit that's going on, we make fucking fly-in-the-wall documents about fucking Greg's. And the guy who's like the chief baker. I mean, don't you don't need to advertise that to anybody. I'm a master baker. Fucking hell, mate. Have you got a wee, you know, small boulangerie somewhere? Oh, no, it's for Greg's. You're not a baker then, you cunt, are you? You're not a fucking baker. And he's giving it Paul Hollywood, doesn't know his stuff. Mate, you're standing putting fucking vats of dough into a machine and it's churning out fucking donuts all the same size. You're not a fucking baker either. Anyway, something can't set fire to something in the bakers. Alarm goes off. Now we're at the tills, right? And people are refusing, refusing to leave a building that's potentially on fire because they think somebody's going to nick the bit of beef that they've fucking dragged out for the butchers. That is the scenario. People try to take trolleys out going, you can't take a trolley, you've no paid for it. Women screaming, ah, this is a fucking six pound bit of rump, I'm not leaving this, I can't. 
I remember my mother's genuine worry about, did I just take the food and no pay for it? You're like, what the fuck is happening here? What is happening? Like in school, when you used to do fire drills, and they'll go, whenever you hear the alarm, you just leave. You don't go back for anything. You could be consumed in the fire. You're like, if you think I'm leaving without my jacket or my bag or my pencils or my fucking novelty lunchbox, you've got nothing coming, Conto, right? Every man for the cell ball bag. <laughs> By fire alarm went off. And my mum was like hiding. I mean, I never forget she had a bit of fucking like silver side or something, right, for a roast beef. And she was hiding it under like bags. Because she thought as people would go gonna go back into Asda that they would just walk along the checkouts and fucking lift stuff off of her conveyor But other than that, there's never never seen a good fucking Barney in a supermarket. Which is an odd one. I hope you had a safe Black Friday. If you were out there braving it in the streets. Did any get a deal? Did anybody get a deal? Like, was there anything? I just keep seeing shit all the time, man. Instagram seems to be a new thing. It's just constant adverts for stuff and... This is a problem when I have such a short attention span. I'm like, a fucking six-speed massager with changeable heads? Oh, fucking, that sounds all right. I think I saw the day, I mean, remember DeLoreans, right? Back to the Future. I don't know, I never looked enough into it, right? I don't know if they're using old parts for DeLorean, but it's a watch company owned by DeLorean. And they're now selling watches. And I was like, why am I wasting my time looking at this shit? Yes. But no, no Black Friday deals. Uh, nothing to write home about. And no good Barneys, man. But hey, if you saw anything, if you got it in good, get in touch, man. ScottGibsonComedy.co.uk Big Scott Gibson on Instagram and Twitter. And Scott Gibson Comedy on Facebook. Get in touch. Talk to me. Hey, let's fucking interact, man. Get in touch with the show. Also, if you are listening to this and you don't subscribe... Have a fucking word with yourself, alright? Bringing you content for free, okay? 2020 is going to be a big year. None of this. Listen, if you really want to just help me out and go, it's time to get fucking tough, right? If you're listening to this podcast and you enjoy it, seeing if you don't enjoy it, I don't give a fuck, but if you do enjoy it, subscribe to the bastard, right? Here's what you do. You go to Spotify, you hit fucking follow on the Battlefield show, you get it into your feed, you then go to SoundCloud, you hit that, fucking subscribe, build the numbers up here, and here's the big one, Instagram, man, fucking bastard on Instagram, we need to get up to 10,000 followers, for why? No, because I give a fuck about numbers, because I need to be able to do that swipey up bullshit, so you can buy tickets and watch videos, right? So if you're listening to this, your homework before episode 10 is subscribe to the fucking channel, Subscribe on SoundCloud and follow the big man on Instagram and let's get these fucking numbers up. But I hope you enjoyed Black Friday. I was in a Starbucks uh, this week just doing... I was actually just going to go and pick something up from a shop. Got a real problem with deliveries, man. Nothing seems to be getting delivered, so they send it these kind of fucking holding pens. And then you need to go in like some parent that's lost her fucking child at a village fair and 
try and convince them that you're the person, even though you've got it all on your mobile. You know, have you got any ID on your lap? My fucking the fact that I've got this email on my phone's ID. So I'm in the Starbucks, <coughs> and I uh, I went to go to the toilet right now. It's I, I understand Starbucks is like when I mean, it's a coffee shop, right? But it's obviously a chain, fucking blah blah. But if you're selling food or hot beverages, right? I mean, if you if, really if you're anything other than a clothes shop, you're gonna need to have access to the bathroom for your customers. I have never seen a toilet with as tight a security system in my life as in this Starbucks. It had, first of all, it didn't have a handle on the door. It had a slot for a key card and then it had one of those electric boxes that you punch a number in it, like it's some fucking safe. I mean, it felt as if you're like going through a secret door like an MI5 agent, do you know what I mean? Like something like Men in Black when they, they're going to access an office and they turn up to like some old-fashioned bookshop and you're going, that's kind of be right, and then they fucking pull back the complete work of Charles Dickens and punch in a number and suddenly the wall spins around they're inside some kind of advanced technical bunker. So I'm standing in this, and I generally thought it was like, I don't know, fucking AI or something that would scan you or, it would, you know, do a 3D sketch of your bills and go, big man's fucking carrying one here and then just let you in. And I'm standing and I couldn't get the door open. And I went to the woman and I says, can I use the, the bathroom? She went, oh yeah, of course. And then gave me a bit of paper that had a code on it, right? No, it's a six digit code. And you're like, first of all, that's two digits too many. And I said, jokingly, I was like, I've never had to put a code into the door before. And she looked me dead in the eyes and went, it's because of the homeless. Wow. It's because of the homeless. <laughs> How many homeless people are coming into Starbucks to use the facilities? And even if they're going in there for a right stinking homeless jobby, what what are they doing? This is this is one thing that I've never understood with shops or places that do things like that. What, what exactly do you think is going to happen if you let someone come in to use the toilet? See, when people places go like, um, this is for patrons only. First of all, that's the only time you've said the word patrons in a sentence is when somebody's asking if they can go and do a shite in your toilet, right? Nobody says that any other situation. Do you mind if I have a look around? It's for patrons only. Actually, that's patrons only. Done that a few times you get into like a pub and go like, mind if I use the toilet, mate? Ah, it's for patrons only. Well, pour us a pint, I'll go and do a shite, and then when I come back, throw that pint over yourself. You fucking idiot. I'm going to use the toilet, I'm not going to have a barbecue. Even if some poor fucker, right, who's out in the street. Now, also, this is Scotland, right? These aren't the people begging in the street in fucking Hawaii. You know, downtown fucking Beverly Hills. It's, it's Scotland. It's freezing. And then some poor bastard goes, I'm fucking dying for a shite. And Starbucks is going to go, I'm very sorry, but we cannot allow you, a vagabond, to come into the toilet. <laughs> I mean, for what reason? If you think that the homeless are fucking scouting out, Starbucks going, right, Tom is going in. All right, now... 
If he's no out in 90 seconds, he's managed to breach the perimeter and he's fucking doing a shite as we... So then we charge. Is that what the heck's going to happen? Some poor fucker comes in to go to the toilet and then all of a sudden a sea of thousands of homeless come out like fucking rats for the gutter to go and use the facilities. This is all because posh twats sitting drinking their fucking macchiatos or whatever it is they're having. See the look in people's faces as well when you ask for a, a black coffee. Uh, what? See if I walked in a coffee shop and I'm fucking frothing milk left, right and centre. Cleaning a nozzle. Every two minutes filling a jug, emptying a jug, filling a jug, emptying a jug. And some come because something goes... Just a black filter coffee, mate. A black. Thank you. Thank you. You mean I don't have to go and tamper and fucking press and punch and slide and scoop and then fucking froth this up to an inch of its life, pour it all over your thing, make a wee fucking face, write your name on it? No, no, mate. No, you don't need to do that. No, for me. You need to go to that big fucking box full of coffee, flick that nozzle, fill it to the top, space for milk. No, thank you. I'm not even going to put you through the hassle of getting fucking milk. Knock the nozzle, gate to me. I be like, cheers, mate, because this is a wee break. This is my this is my mini break during my shift. A black coffee. The look in their face, right? Just a black filter coffee. Just a black filter coffee. But this is Starbucks. Like we we're more than happy to put an extra shot of Colombian roast in there, or you know, a nice layer of foamy milk. No, just a black coffee. Because you know what? I'm actually here to do some work. I'm not here to take Instagram pictures and pose like a wanker in Starbucks window. Can you believe it, man? It's because of the homeless. Fucking let them take a shite. I hope to God you're never homeless in. <laughs> Go then. Do you mind if I use your toilet? Of course, of course. Carry on. Uh, before you go, you're not homeless, are you? I am. I'm very sorry. You need to have a registered postcode to shite in our establishment. <laughs> I mean, what would happen if I walked in? You know? Hey, what can I get you, sir? I just want a shite. Would you like a coffee? No, no, I'm just here to do a shite. You're not homeless, are you? Oh, no. I've got an EH7 postcode. Pay my council tax. I've even got a TV license. I can show you if you want. Pay in a direct debit. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. Oh, so as long as I've got a TV license, I can go do a shite. Six digit fucking code to get in. And I did think when I punched this thing, no, the, the, the lock would like, like, it's like a pressurized lock system. I'm going, how godlike are these toilets? Like, are you just going to walk in and go, oh, these are the greatest shitters I've seen? It's just a fucking toilet. It's just a toilet. And here's the other thing, it's all gender neutral as well, right? So there's a wee guy and a wee woman on the window, on the fucking door, so any fucker can go in there. Right, that that's my that's my only problem with gender neutral toilets is that I don't think a woman or anyone who identifies as female should have to go into a toilet after a man. I don't think that's fair. There has been occasions when my missus has tried to go and brush her teeth, and it's no biologically safe for her to enter the bathroom after I have emptied the hell that was held in my lower intestine. That's my only problem with gender neutral toilets. 
Not, nothing else. Nothing else. I'm, I'm, I'm on board. Hey, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't even know what a pronoun was. Didn't even know. But, you I be called fucking him, the, the, that thing, me, fucking penguin, hamster, guinea pig. I don't care. I don't care. But I, I think that we're doing you a service. You shouldn't have to go into a toilet after some fucking heavy 20 stone plus Glaswegian has dropped a fucking morning coffee shite in there. You don't you don't want that horror in your life. You don't want that. But went in. It's just a toilet. Toilet. Toilet and a sink and a handra. Nothing fancy. There wasn't no fucking parallel bars. You know, wasn't a wee guy in the corner with a fucking towel on him, offering you a mint, offering you a wipe your ass for you. None of that. Just a fucking toilet. But it's behind an airlock door because of the homeless. <laughs> I had a, a gig this week. I was in Bath, right? It's been a fucking mental week, man. I had to drive to Bath. Sometimes my diary is a joke, man. And if I get that I'm not in my mid-twenties anymore and I really can't be arsed in a 900-mile round trip for a gig. I was in Bath on Thursday night for the wonderful Jared Christmas, who's an amazing comic, just a beautiful man as well, just an amazing guy. And he runs a couple of gigs down there. And I was down doing that and uh, it was a lovely gig, man. It was amazing. Um... And something happened in the hotel, and it was in a, in a wee pub, uh, like a village pub, in this um, village outside Bath, right? And, and when I first pulled up, I was like, posh as fuck, man, right? It's heavy Tory territory. And then I realised that this is basically where people who, when they get too much money to live in Bath, let me just say that again, when they have too much money to live in Bath, they move out to this village, right? So that's how fucking posh we're talking. And turned up, and... Um, I had a room in the in the pub, and the 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 woman, uh, husband and wife team that run it, uh, showed me the room, and it was beautiful, man. It was amazing, beautiful, just a lovely room, right? Nice wee touches, fancy coffees, and oh, it was just lovely, right? It was a nice room. I'm like, this will do your old daft, right? But one thing I loved for the room, I had a key, an actual physical key, not a card. Not, not a bangle, not a swipe thing on a code, a fucking key. And attached to that key was a plank of wood. A fucking bit of wood. That's how you know when you're in an old school hotel, right? You check in somewhere and they, and they slide your credit card and go, do you need more than one card, uh, Mr. Cousin? And you're like, oh, I need a, a, a key. It's a card, it's a card system we have here. Um, any problems with the with the key card? Just let us know. There's always problems with the key card. Always, always problem with the key card. Why did they bring key cards in? And they go, oh, people were going home with the keys for the hotel. No, they weren't. Nobody was ever going home with the fucking keys for a hotel ever. Nobody ever done that. And if they did, you'd post it back. Do you know what happens now? Every fucker takes a key card home with them because it's a fucking card, right? We use it to scrape the car windows. Or people forget. I had it once. Every time, and again, it's Birmingham. It's this fucking hotel I'm going to this week. Every time I would go out for the day and come back, my fucking key didn't work, right? And then they brought in a thing where you couldn't even get in the lift without swiping your key. You know? 
standing in the lift door shut pressing fucking seven nothing's happening doors open I'm like what? how many prostitutes are coming in this hotel that you need to give me a fucking key card to access the lift and I kept going to the reception I was like this key isn't working and the woman said to me without even if she'd said it jokingly we could have laughed and I went you know what good sense of humour man I like that in a person that's fine we're going to go on she said to me do you have any magnets in your pockets I beg your pardon do I have any magnets in my fucking pockets? Yes, do you have any magnets? Do you have any magnets in your pockets? Do you know, that's what it is. It's my fault. I'm so sorry. I should have realised. You know, every day when I go, I go, phone, wallet, watch, magnet. Where's my magnet? Where is, there's my magnet. Stick my magnet in my pocket and off I go. Do you have any magnets in your pocket? No! No, I don't. Sometimes if it's near a magnet, you know, it can demagnetise the car. I've not been near a magnet. When was anyone ever near a magnet? <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm just going about my daily my daily life. I don't walk past someone and go, Is there, oh, I can feel magnets. There's no magnets anywhere. If you fucking put a gun to the dog's head and went, find us a magnet, or we shoot him. I'm like, shoot him, I can't find a magnet. Do you have any magnets in your pockets? So it was nice to have a, a fucking, a key... You know, that's the thing, man. If you're in a hotel and they, and they slide you the cards, like, oh, it's one of these places. But then sometimes you'll get a wee place and you don't expect it. And they give you a key. But always, dependent on the size of the attachment. Now, back in the day, it would have been a key ring, right? You would have had a key ring with the, the room number on it, right? But now, because it's a novelty thing, they'll attach things to the key, right? So if you stay somewhere that's like, for example, the old school house, right? And it's like an old school converted into a B&B, they'll stick like a ruler or something like that, right? Like a fucking 12-inch shatterproof ruler on the key and you're like, oh, isn't it such a novelty? Aye, it is, but how the fuck am I going to put that in my pocket, right? Or a plank of wood with like the name of the hotel in Gaelic or something like that and this is what I got, man, a fucking plank of wood. That's like, I'm never losing that bastard. I could stick all the magnets I want on the fucking key and I'm still getting my door open. Nice hotel though. Nice hotel, nice gig. Good old-fashioned key. I liked it. It felt weighty in my hand and I knew it was in my pocket when I had a solid... And also, if it was happening to kick off in the pub, I've got a fucking self-made chip on me. Right? I'm not going to get arrested. They're not going to come along and say, uh, sir, you're, you're carrying a, a lethal weapon. I'm like, mate, it's my fucking room key. I've got my room key on me. It's not my fault. It's got a fucking 2 by 4 attached to it. <laughs> Do me a favour. Between now and Christmas, I want us all to dress up as a tramp and try and get into a Starbucks for a shout. <laughs> That's the flash mob I want to see. None of this... Inside a train station or dancing and being Christmas. I want us all dressed as tramps, storming a Starbucks and trying again for a shine. <laughs> or if you get the code, just go in the street and just shout the code out. The code for the shiter is 157X. 157X. Come forth, my brothers. Good old Starbucks. I wonder how long it would take 
everyone to kind of reset, or not, maybe no reset, maybe just adapt to the way things used to be if the internet suddenly didn't exist. So, like, if the internet suddenly was taken down, because the guy, the guy who, like, created it, he's always threatened to, to remove it. I mean, it's a pretty fucked up world that we're in the now with the internet. I wonder how far it would need to get before they would actually shut it, even if they could, you know? Imagine how long it would take people to go back to, like, buying a newspaper. Like, journalism actually being decent again. You know, actually getting real news in a paper. Remember, you used to get a paper, and it was like a paper. Now you buy a paper, it's like a pamphlet. Most of the shite papers, anyway. To go back to, like, actually... Like, having to find out when people were on and, you know, like, invest in, in art, whether it be music or comedy. Actually, like, follow people in the sense of, you know, read up when they're playing and... Instead of this whole world where it's just... Everybody wants something, you know, for free or, like, constant, you know? I had somebody message me last week going, Oh, there, there's only eight episodes of the podcast. It's because it just started, mate. Why does everybody assume there's, like... Fucking hours and hours and hours of stuff. Now, I know that it's just me talking, right? And I'm grateful for everyone that listens, but you got to build these things. You know, we're, we're losing the, the point where people don't have any patience for anything anymore. You know, I've had I do another podcast that some of you may know about, the Hashtag Show. I've had people before going, I've had to go back to the start and listen again. Good. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with waiting for stuff. There's nothing wrong with investing in stuff. Seeing how people grow, how things develop. You know, you lose people along the way, you gain more people. That's how fucking life works. I just, I just, I, I, I often because I am, I am of that last generation where I was aware and, and lived before the internet took over. You know. And I, I hate social media, I fucking despise it, and I feel as if I'm constantly selling stuff, you know, and that's really what it is, because you're, and you're, you're controlled now by algorithms and shadow bans and stuff going out there that nobody even sees, but if you pay fucking £60 to, you know, promote a post, then suddenly 5,000 people will see it, and you pay this money, and it doesn't make any difference in ticket sales, and you're like, what the fuck's going on, you know, and it's all just a business, but sometimes I, I, I pine for being certainly doing what I do in a time where social media didn't exist and and you maybe did you invest a wee bit more in people I don't know but there's certainly more of a a kind of desire to go and see live stuff because even no matter what you you produce whether it's this podcast or the video stuff that we've got coming up next year that I'm planning to doing all of it is driven for for live performance you know and I think that that I think the that we are forgetting that live performance is still number one. There'll be a lot of people who will listen to a podcast, who will watch videos on YouTube, who will watch, you know, videos on, on television of people or comedy specials and probably never go and see the person live. And that's, that's a sad thing because regardless of if you enjoy, like, if you enjoy this, if you enjoy me talking, you enjoy listening to me, you enjoy this podcast, it will never be the same as coming to see me live, perform live, it will never be the same. If we start putting out these videos and you enjoy the wee videos and 
the interviews and the sketches that I've got planned, you may enjoy them, but it'll still never be the same as actually seeing a live performance because there's, there's certainly one thing about going to see something live is that it is different every single night. Even if it's a band you're going to see and they're playing you know, the same album or the same music, or you're going to see a, a comic, especially if you go and see someone like me because I'm a storyteller, even if you're going to see the same show, it will be different. There'll be newer bits in it, there may be a different order, there may be a different twist, there'll be different people in the audience that night, so if you do a bit of crowd work and work off, it'll all be different. And I just wonder how many people actually actually find someone or, or something that they enjoy through you know, social media, through the internet, and then go and see that person live. I wonder how often that works. Even now, like the whole Instagram thing, I, I know people who have been shadow banned or whatever they call it, and, and they're putting out content that's not going anywhere. Or I've had people who have had videos removed from from Facebook because, they, um, sorry, from YouTube because they have had adverts on their podcast that has no form within the guidelines to YouTube. But I imagine if you were fucking paying YouTube some money, upload it suddenly they would let that go past. Or also, weirdly, the the famous people who have got other stuff that's advertising on it and other things that maybe we consider offensive but because they've got a couple of million followers it's fine and they just have stuff removed just ban channel shut down and all of this is just to try and drive the live performance you know because that's how that's how you live man that's how we pay our bills that's how we make our money club work is pretty much dying there's, there's no there's still some good clubs out there but Financially, it's no, it's not great, and everything you do is to try and push stuff towards, towards the live shows. So I think 2020 certainly for me, and I know I'm guilty of it. I'm going to try and, me and the missus spoke about it not long ago. We're going to try and go and see some more stuff, and I'm kind of spoiled in Edinburgh that I've found the mines, the manager of Summer Hall, and we, we know a lot of people here that, you know. Ha- will know when good stuff on or know what you want to go and see. So we need to go and start seeing a lot more stuff. And I think that's what, I think that should be a thing for 2020. Make it the year of live, right? Get out there, man. Enjoy stuff. Go and see bands. Go and see some plays. Go and see some shit you maybe don't like or you don't know about. Fucking take a chance on it. We wouldn't think twice about going, paying 20 odd quid to go and sit in a fucking 3G vibrating fucking squirting seat in the Odeon and watch some absolute shite Hollywood blockbuster that's a load of pish but the thought of going to see some play in a small theatre somewhere you'd never consider it you know maybe that's what we need to do more this year go and see some more live stuff and if if you if you listen to this podcast and you enjoy it if you've uh, you've maybe heard some of my stuff before Come and see me live if you've not done it. You know, come and come and see some live comedy. If you if you want to check out some more of my stuff, I need to get better at promoting things, man, and like pushing stuff. If there's an album on SoundCloud, um, sorry, on on Bandcamp, my my first my debut comedy album, Life After Death. If you if you've enjoyed the podcast and you think, hey, I want to try and support the big man, go on Bandcamp, uh, search Scott Gibson Comedy. Go to my website. You can get it through there. It's a fiver, man, for the digital download. Kick me a few dollars. And uh, and listen to that. And if hey, if you're skint, man, it's on Spotify. Get it for free. Knock your socks off.
But I think maybe next year we need to try and do that, try and go and see some live stuff, man, and stop kind of living living a life online, you know? And here's another thing as well. Don't You don't need to take pictures of stuff. I was watching an interview with Noel Gallagher. I don't know how it came on. It, it, it was one of these things where it was like going through different musicians or something, and they were talking about the gigs they did in Nebula. And, and it's not until he actually said it and you look back at the pictures, you realise, fuck, it's true, man. And that was kind of before the time when everybody had a smartphone. So there's, what, how many people there? Like fucking 100 or 1,000 or was it 250,000? But was that over two days? I don't think that could have been in one night. But tens, if not hundreds or thousands of people standing in this field, not one of them has got a phone. Not one of them has got a phone. Everyone's just facing the stage, immersed in the moment. I got tickets to see Chris Rock two years ago, I think, when he was playing uh, the Hydro in Glasgow. And Live Nation gave us uh, some tickets. Because it wasn't sold out, right? And I think the reason it's not sold out is, regardless of how big an act you are, if you're coming to Glasgow and you're charging £80 plus for a ticket, you're fucking unlikely to sell out, right? So we got tickets to go and see it, and... That's the first time I've been in where you need to put your phone in the pouch and you seal it up and then you get it when you come out, right? And uh, just watching people sitting awkwardly because they didn't have this thing to distract them. So they actually had to talk to people and it was almost like they were relearning something. You know, like when somebody has a horrific accident they have to learn how to walk again. That's what it was like watching people sit with loved ones. They're not sitting with strangers. They're sitting with people who they love, friends or family. And they're still having to hold a conversation before a gig starts. It was fucking mad to see, man. Mad to see. But we do how often do we do it? Just sitting fiddle about on our phones? Or even how often do you sit and you'll show someone a, a video or a clip on your phone and go, oh, fucking look at this guy, man, or look at this girl, or whatever it is. And the next bit of the conversation should be what right, well if you're watching something and you enjoy it, like it retweet it, you know, or repost it, go to their page, give them a follow, give them a follow, if you don't want it cluttering your feed, follow them, mute it, fucking do what you want, go to their website, where are they, are they performing live, are they going to be near me, maybe that's what we need to start doing man, start investing a bit more, and I need to start getting better at fucking promoting stuff, because next year's, next year's going to be a big year, some big plans, it's going to be a good year man, but we need I need you rascals on board. So yeah, fucking subscribe, you cunts. <laughs> right, let's do some questions. Right, some questions. Um, thanks everyone who got in touch as well. Um, again, go to the website, scottgibsoncommon.co.uk. All the links to social medias are on there. If you're not following the pages, please do so, especially Instagram, we need to get those numbers up, man, so we can start doing the fucking swipey, like an OG, um, Facebook, with Scott Gibson Comedy, Instagram and Twitter, at Big Scott Gibson, um, David Exley, got in touch on Facebook, and David says, I know you're a story, a storyteller, I can't even fucking talk today, man, I, I don't know if it's possible to have like a, a 48 hour delay on a hangover, but I am fucking rattling, I was out on Saturday, a heavy session, you're talking 11 hours of drinking, and I still went and did a gig, and I fucking smashed it, but I was fine Saturday night, I was fine all day yesterday, and I have woke up today, and I am fucking rattling, 
Is that what happens when you get older? Like it's just no actual the hangovers on that bad. It's just it's just a delay and a prolonged hangover. Whereas when you're younger and you get fucking steaming, you feel like shit for a couple of hours. And now you're older, it's like a week of feeling like hell. Anyway, David has asked, I know you're a storyteller, but what's your favourite joke? David, no idea, mate. Favourite joke, man. It's too many. Too many great jokes. Obviously, Billy Connolly is the greatest of all times. Um, I'm sure I've spoken about it before. An audience with Billy Connolly is one of the finest stand-up shows ever. Billy Connolly's great, man. I, I will tell you, my favourite comedians, like I said, I spoke about Tommy Tiernan before in the podcast, and if you ever get a chance to see him, he's incredible. I'm actually thinking I'm going, I've got an idea for a tattoo, but the missus gave me it for a new tattoo, so I'm going to kind of start getting that together as well, and that's based around um, my comedy heroes. But I will say one um, person who you need to try and check out, um, Bruce Morton, who is basically the godfather of Scottish comedy. Um you may or may not know him. If you don't, you should. And the fact that people don't know who he is just highlights the fucking state that Scottish comedy is in, the state of our industry. Even the fact that people don't know who Andrew Maxwell is. Andrew Maxwell is one of the greatest comics in, in the UK. And he's on fucking I'm a Celeb. And people are like, who's this? It shows you how fucked up comedy in this country is. It shows you how fucking pathetic our comedy industry is that we are still obsessed by pushing young fucking London centric twats instead of looking at people like Andrew Maxwell who is one of a absolute fucking stone cold killer and there are people in the country who don't know who he is it's a fucking joke so Bruce Morton um, he was in still game he played the uh, Undertaker in Still Game. He was actually the guy who brought uh, Ford, Kieran and Greg Hemphill together. So probably without Bruce, you may know I had fucking Still Game. One of the finest comics uh, Scotland's ever produced. He had his. He was one of the first of his own uh, television show. He had a show in Channel 4 in the 90s. And he's an amazing man. I remember the very first time I ever was lucky enough to see him. I was gigging with him. And Gary Little, big Gary, aka the Candyman, <laughs> used to run a gig in a pub in Glasgow. And I was on, I'd just newly started. And I was doing like 10 minutes. And then Bruce Morton was headlining. And I remember standing at the back of the room watching him. And it was just, twi- it was masterful. I mean, it's still... It stuck with me to this because remember watching him going, that is how you do it. And he took a single story and he stretched out over 20 minutes and he would drop in and out of the story with different bits and then come back into the point. And I can just remember, I can always remember watching him and the whole story is about how he lost a tooth, right? And it just lasts 20 minutes and then ties in beautifully to the end. It's wonderful, man. Just an amazing story and a wonderful comic, beautifully structured. And I can remember watching him going, this is a fucking master of his craft. And he is, he's incredible. But Bruce told me a joke once about basically a, a woman divorcing her husband because he constantly wants to have anal sex with her. And I can't remember the joke, 
fully and I wouldn't do it justice but we were driving to Sky I think it was or maybe in Oban to do a gig and Bruce told us this joke in the car and I I almost leapt from the car with laughter I have I, I was in absolute hysterics of laughter man it was fucking brilliant <laughs> I can't do it justice now but the, the, the joke is sort of along the lines of two women talking about the partners, and she says, I'm going to leave him, Sandra. That's it. I've had enough. I'm, I'm leaving him. I can't handle this anymore. He says, what's wrong with you, Margaret? Going, look, I mean, it's, it's him and that, you know, sex. He just won't stop, you know. He won't stop. I keep telling him, it's no for me. I don't like it. And I'm, I'm leaving him, you know. I mean, when I, when, I, when we first got together, my, my arsehole was like a five pence piece, you know. And now it's like a 20 pence piece. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And our pal says to me, you've got the big house and... You get a fancy car and two holidays a year and you're going to throw all that away over 15 pence. <laughs> now, obviously, when a master craftsman like Sir Bruce Morton tells it, it's better than that. And I've bastardised it slightly. Well, a lot, but... I can still remember being in that car, man. John Gillick, another fucking old road comic. And I was in absolute hysterics when he told it. So here, that goes back to my last point, man. Get out there and see these people. Bruce Morton, you get a chance, go and see him. He's fucking wonderful. Thanks, David, uh, for your question. Uh, that was on Facebook. And as I said, man, hey, if you've got a fucking question, get in touch, man. Topics you want to talk about, gaze a shout. Um, right, Chip Cassie, whoever the fuck that is, Chip Cassie um, is asked on Instagram. Good old Chip. Is that your name, Chip? Is that a real name? Ch Hi, I'm Chip. I'm going to say American Chip. I don't imagine you are uh, a, a Scotsman with a name like Chip. Chipper. Hey, Chipper Cassie here. Um, Chip has asked, if you could create a fucked up day like Black Friday or Cyber Monday, what would it be? Oh, I don't know, mate. I've no idea. Maybe we should just bring the purge into actual reality i think we, we could maybe rebrand something like pancake tuesday you know instead of it just being making pancakes maybe like we we create pancake tuesday or rebrand it so like you go out and kill a pigeon or something i don't know do you know I mean something mad pancake tuesday 50 years from that i'm sure people used to make pancakes no it's something to do with like the pigeon population so you get and you, you fucking you pancake a pigeon how do you do that? You, you, you sneak up behind it and then you volley it in the arse and you shout, PANCAKE! When you kick. <laughs> I don't know, mate. Black Friday. Um, well, that says the other one's mental. Cyber Monday as well. What a fucking load of shit that is. I think this is technically Cyber Monday. But if I had to create a day, I don't know, mate. I don't know. Maybe hump day. Where we all go searching for whales. <laughs> I don't know, dude. Any ideas? What would you create if you could put together some mental day? It's mad how these things just come into effect and it's just part of culture, Black Friday. I mean, Thanksgiving will probably be the next one. Even though it's got fuck all to do with our culture. And see all these Americans that are going along. Like, oh, British people, Scottish people, English people, you wish you had Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is shit, right? It's fucking shit. You don't even get presents. What is the point? And here's the other thing with Thanksgiving, right? These fucking Yankee Doodle ball bags. 
See if you ever look at a picture or a video and they, and they move it along the table and they're like, Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. What a fantastic spread. You're like, every fucking thing's out on the table. It's going to be freezing in five minutes. This is why there is a structure. Starters, mains, puddings, right? You don't just fuck everything out on the table. My dad's third wife, right? Third wife, that's right. Third wife was American. And I can remember once, she made us like a Thanksgiving-style dinner. First of all, cooked the turkey in a brown paper bag. Dry as Gandhi's sandal. It was like eating a bit of fucking floorboard or something. You'd have been better getting into a pub, getting a beer mat, dipping it in fucking gravy and chewing on it. That would have been better than this fucking turkey. And everything was put on the table. Everything. So, like, when a dish was made, it was brought to the table, right? And I can remember sitting and, like, potatoes were brought out. And I'm going, what? What is this? And then it was all brought out. And then we all sat down and we had this dinner. Everything's a different temperature. Totties were freezing. Cream corn. Get that to fuck. Stinking. All different temperatures. Every time I see people posting videos going, look at this spread we got for Thanksgiving. I'm like, why is there a fucking pie? Like, why is there a gato sitting on that table? What is going on? Fucked up. It's just another thing that they try and force on us. That they want you to think, oh God, I wish I was American. No, it's shit. And then they all go and watch American football next day. Oh, it's just a great day for sports. No, it isn't it? Because it's American football. It's shite football. It's different when we got up on Boxing Day and we've got a full Premiership card. That's a fucking day of sport. Also, shout out to Amazon Prime this year getting the football. So yeah, you can stick your Thanksgiving up your ass. But Chip, Cassie, what a name, Chip. Um, I don't know, mate. I'd maybe, let's just say rebrand Pancake Tuesday. We'll do that. But get on touch, man. Get on touch. Fucking get in touch. Get on touch and get in touch. Just get in touch. Follow the pages. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Get in touch with you if you've got a question. Thanks to Chip and fucking Davey Boy. Right, let's do some... Let's do some news items and then... Ritz, Ritz, <laughs> what is wrong with me today? Let's do some news items, and then let's wrap this bad boy up. Play the jingle! Today's headlines. Thief banned from every shop in England. Bus driver banned from wearing Christmas jumper. And do you know what a narwhal tusk is? A wide and varied selection of news items for you today, team. Um, let's go straight in. Thief, now this is obviously from the Metro. Uh, our good friend, uh, Richard Hartley Parkinson, once again, his finger on the pulse of news up and down the country. And while we are gripped, I am sure you will agree, by election fever, Richard, man of the people, Richard Hartley Parkinson, is keeping us abreast, afoot, of the taxing journalistic beauties that are the shite news stories from the Metro. Uh, the headline reads, 
thief ban from every shop in England except Tesco Swindon has stolen a Greg sandwich. You fucking dirty bastard. Anna Burns. Oh, a woman. I was not expecting that. Um, she Anna Burns says she can't remember the alleged thefts because she has taken sleeping pills. Classic defence there, Anna. I'm out my nut in sleeping pills and I've shoplifted. A serial shoplifter who was told she could not... Sorry, she could... Scott, what? Right, you need to go over this hangover, mate. You're, you're talking here, right? You're doing a podcast. Fucking hold it together. A serial shoplifter who was told she could not go into any shop in England apart from her local Tesco. What? I mean, how... How is that even a sentence? What is happening with the, the legal system in England? You are hereby sentence you at your ban from every shop except Tesco Swindon. See those shoplifters told she could not go into any shop in England apart from her local Tesco. Any shop in England, how would they know, has allegedly been caught stealing a £6.60 sandwich from Greg's. Fucking hell. First of all, she knows she's not even meant to be in there because she's banned for every fucking shop. A £6.60 sandwich from Greg's? What the fuck is in a £6.60 sandwich from Greg's? Another sandwich? £6.60 from Greg's? From Greg's? How do you steal anything for Greg's? It's Fort Knox. Everyone's behind the counter. There's two, sometimes three women who look like they've killed before ready to pounce. A constant slippery tiled surface every Greg's in the country you will know it's always just been mopped so if you do happen to reach around for an iced fucking door ring you'll be unable to flee as you are across slippery tiles Anna Burns sounds like the greatest fucking cat burglar of all time a £6.60 sandwich what was on that sandwich? Richard Hartley Parkinson that's the next question you should have been asking Anna Burns was taken into custody on Saturday for a fucking sandwich, man. Two weeks after a judge let her go free despite her history of thievery and failing to turn up and go. I mean, she's a bad bastard. She'd have flung the book at her. She was not allowed to go into any retail premises except for a Tesco Metro. Oh, Metro. You can't even get your fucking big shop in there. Uh, in Swindon and a walk-in pharmacy. She's got to get her tablets. Despite that order, she went into Cafe Nero. Absolute rascal. Lush. Jesus. A Polish food market. You wouldn't try stealing for there, would you? Fucking cut your hands off. And Greg's. She appeared in court. Over. How do they know that? How Are they are they following her? Are they watching her? How do they know she went to Cafe Nero? She appeared in court over the weekend where she admitted to breaching her bail conditions. Ah, oh, fuck it. I was in Nero. I, I'm sorry, Your Honour, I was in Nero, I needed a shite, I tried fucking Starbucks, but they wouldn't give me the number. <laughs> oh. She denies four counts of shoplifting. She claimed she'd taken an overdose of sleeping pills and has no memory of the incident. Taking an overdose of sleeping pills, but it doesn't make you sleep, it somehow makes you get up, get dressed, go into Cafe Nero, Lush, a Polish food market, and then steal 18 sandwiches, if it was 660 at Greg's. She will face trial in Swindon magistrates. Good, because it's not as if there's enough nonsense going on in the country right now. We've got to fucking put a woman through court who steals a Greg sandwich. 
She will appear in court on December 23rd. Oh, it's going to ruin Christmas. Burns is due in court this Friday to be sentenced for previous offences. We will keep a close eye on that one. Previous thefts have seen her nicking mascara from Boots. Classic. Two watches from Argos. How's that possible? They're behind a fucking glass cage. Clothing worth £72 from Mothercare and food and drink worth £55.40 from Costa Coffee. 55 How do you steal from Costa Coffee? You've got to pay for it before you get it. None of this makes sense. She claims she was ill and bailed by Judge Crabtree to go to the NHS walk-in centre less than 400 feet from the court building and return to court at the end of the week. You're not going to see her again, mate. November 16th, she appeared in the dock at Swindon Magistrates Court where she pleaded guilty to stealing £307 worth of goods from Marks and Spencers. Now we're talking, Anna! Some serious stuff! And £40 for Sainsbury's. Fuck Sainsbury's. November 19th, Judge Crabtree bailed her again. I think something's going on with her and well, Crabtree. I'm going to put it out there. Bailed twice. A lot of leave. Multiple thefts. And he's bailed her again. I think he's fucking... Dipping the old, I think she's got the wiggle in and he's fucking getting her pumped. Uh, Judge Crabtree built again with a requirement she live and sleep at a property on Shepherd Street and a cooperative with the probation service and the completion of a pre-sense report. Fucking blah, 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 bollocks. There you go. First story, man. Let's see what happens. Let's see if there'll be a follow-up with that uh, as I'll see sentenced. On the 23rd. I'm going to be honest, she looks presentable, but she also looks rough as fuck. Like she would easily take a frying pan to the back of her husband's coop. Oh, God. People, man. People in this world make me sad. Uh, right, let's move on. Uh, second item bus driver banned. Oh, look him. Uh, a bus driver banned from wearing Christmas jumpers in case it upsets kids. What? Mike Osborne, a minibus driver for Pete's Airlink, is not happy. He's not happy. He's not allowed to wear a Christmas jumper. Um, I'm going to be honest. Pete, uh, sorry, Mike the driver looks creepy as fuck. Right? No. I think the world that we live in now, if you are a creepy older gentleman and you work in an environment where you are regularly accessing children, don't make yourself seem even more creepier. I'm just going to throw it out there, Mike. I'm sure you're a lovely man. The picture here, you got a wee bit of tinsel hanging around your rearview mirror. I would say that's probably quite off-putting, cutting your vision down in the main... But hey, who am I to judge, mate? I'm just saying, if you do look like something out of Harry Potter, kind of shagged a daywalker, creepy fucking weird man... Don't put a Christmas jumper on, right? Because it's just going to raise more questions than answers, Mike. That's it. That's it. A minibus driver has been told not to wear festive jumpers because it could upset special needs kids. Oh, Mike, they're fucking the winds and they're right in the heat. Mike Osborne, 68, loves a Christmas sweater. I'm sure you do, Mike. But you know what you don't love? Some fucking kid with special needs gone mental because you've got a light-up jumper on. Try to storm the front of the minibus. Mike loves a Christmas sweater, but he won't be able to don one while at work in Portsmouth because they've been banned. Here's the thing, Mike. Nobody gives a fuck. Right? That's it. Get the fucking jumper off. Why is this news? 
He was given a replacement official shot, uh, official short, short sleeve grey shirt when he turned up to his job at Pete's Airlink in a festive pullover. Fine. Mr. Osborne said his boss, Pete Bryden, told him the jumpers may frighten his passengers with special needs, but he thinks this is nonsense and has started a campaign to bring them back. Good for you, Mike. Do you know what? You're 68 years of old. You're still driving a minibus. You should have been retired by now. Your minibus is called Kate. That's a bit fucking weird. See if you want to campaign for this, Mike. That's fine. But see, when some kid with autism who could fucking bench press you two times over storms in front of your minibus, cuts your throat and crashes into a wall because you've got a fucking Christmas pudding that lights up and plays a jingle and sets him off, then don't fucking come moaning to us, Mike. All right? All right? Mike told the Portsmouth News, I mean, straight away I should have known this was somewhere fucked up the Portsmouth, it's like something Fagin or Scrooge would do. It's almost like Faulty Towers. It's nothing like Faulty Towers, Mike, because Faulty Towers was funny. You're just a mad old cunt that wants to wear his jumper, you creepy fucking bastard. Mr. Bryden, owner of the company, said he didn't want to spoil the driver's fun. You know, they didn't have fun, mate. They did drive a bus. Sensibly, because there's wains with special needs on it. Didn't want to spoil the driver's fun, but the rules were there for a reason. Exactly. Mr. Bryden goes on to add, one of the biggest concerns is around having Christmas decorations on our minibus. If anything obscuring your view, an inspector can pull up our drivers for this and find them. Correct. We also transport a number of children with special needs that we need to be considerate of. We don't want to do anything that may upset them. Again, hey, I'm on board with this guy. Mr. Osborne said he wouldn't cause too much of a stink because he didn't want to lose his job, but admitted he was not happy. Mike, get fucked. You're in the wrong this time, mate. You're in the wrong, Mikey boy. Wear your jump on the hoose, you weird cunt. Just wear your jump on the hoose, right? Wayne's on the well, Mike. And you're fucking jumping about going, I want to wear my fucking... I want to wear my jumper, man. But the kids have got special needs, mate. I know, but I want to wear my jumper. But if they see the lights on the Christmas pudding, they're going to start fighting and biting each other. I know, but I want to wear it. But they might storm the front of the minibus. I don't care. They're going to kill you, mate. They're going to fucking kill you. Everybody would have seen the uh, the attack on London Bridge uh, again um, at the weekend. Horrific. And two people, very sadly, here. I've lost their lives, um, from what I believe, two young people, uh, a, a guy and a girl, uh, I think I've got the names here, Saskia Jones, 23, and Jack Merritt, 25. Just fucking shocking, man. And do you know, the, one of the saddest things about that whole situation is that no one really seems surprised by it anymore. That's the saddest thing. Uh, as soon as I saw on the news that the... Uh, London Bridge was shut, my, my first thought was something's kicked off again, and then some fucking total piece of human waste has stabbed two poor bastards to death. Um, but one thing that came from it is the uh, the Polish guy, the chef, who fucking got a narwhal tusk, I mean, what? As soon as I heard that, I thought, what the hell is going on? And him and along of other some other passers by, man, I've, I've stormed it. I mean, that's that's probably one of the things that's, that's at least comforting now that Londoners are, and probably most people throughout the UK, they're just they're just fed up with all this bullshit, you know. So there may have been a time where people would 
run away or flee. Whereas now, if there's some mad bastard that tries to stab people, he's like, you know what? Let's fuck this, man. Let's just get a couple of together. Smash the cunt out of the head with a chair. And then see what happens. I know a lot of people were outraged about the guy getting shot, but do you know what, man? There's times when there's probably arguments for or against it. If you thought that he had an explosive device on and he was trying to contain someone back, then you fucking take the guy out, man. We're, we're probably at the point now where we're done past asking questions, man. If you're just going to go and stab innocent people for absolutely no reason, you probably deserve fucking two in the chest, one in the forehead. Um... It was upsetting as well, the more I was reading about that, the more that I heard about it, the, the fact that he had been made aware or had been put on probation before, and it's just a fucked up situation. But let's see if it gives the guy name. You would have seen a picture of a Polish chef, he was stabbed five times as well as he fought off the, the London Bridge Terrace, which is fucking madness, man. With a narwhal tusk. Now, I have absolutely no idea what a narwhal is, but to be see the size of the tusk, the thing must be fucking huge. There's a campaign now um, for him to receive a Spirit of London Award. Um, Lutzkas was uh, cleaning glasses in the basement of the Fishmongers Hall when he heard screams coming from upstairs on Friday. Convicted terrorist Usman Khan, 28, fatally stabbed Cambridge graduate Saskia Jones, 23, and Jack Merritt, 25. Instead of fleeing the danger, Lutzkas, a trained first aider, ran upstairs to confront Khan. He pulled a huge narwhal tusk from the wall before lunging at the terrorist. His boss, Toby Williamson, revealed this morning. Chief Executive of the Fishmonger Hall says Lucas was wounded several times as he fought Can one-on-one for about a minute, giving others crucial time to escape. A fucking legend, man. He was then joined by two others uh, on the bridge as they chased Can out the building onto London Bridge. That's where they were filmed tackling Can. Oh, right, so this all happened in the Fishmonger's Hall and then out on the bridge. Um... Tackling can with a fire extinguisher and an Alwal tusk before armed police shot him dead. Fucking good. Polish ambassador to the UK, Arkad Reshkik, apologies if that is not how you say your name, big man, um, said Lushka's bravery shows the strong spirit of camaraderie between Poles and Brits in London and the rest of the UK, man. The ambassador told the Metro, I paid tribute to the brave, heroic, selfless emergency services and members of the public, including what is reportedly a Polish national who confronted the attacker to protect the lives of others. I am proud that we have once again shown the strong spirit of camaraderie between Londoners, including the many Poles who live here, is alive and well, even in the most difficult and tragic of circumstances. It was brutal, man. I think that's the way to do it. I, I take my hat after these boys. There's a picture here of the, the tusks that are hanging up on the, the wall of the fishmonger's hall. Um, aye. Take your hat after them, man. That's the way to do it. I mean, see if some fucking asshole, and let's just be honest, they're fucking scum, once they start doing something like that again. Get a tusk. You might not always have a tusk. I get that. But do what these boys did. Get a fire extinguisher. Get a couple of you together. And here's the fucking tip. See when you get them doing, don't let the bastard get back up. Fucking rattly skull with a fire extinguisher. And then wait for a couple of the SES MI5s to turn up. Get out of their own and fucking pop, pop, pop. Good night, Vienna. Ah, oh, shocking state of affairs, man. Two poor people as well. 23, 25. In London, you know. And some fucking nuttal stabs you. Anyway, fair play to everyone who stepped in, man. Um, 
a brutal news story, as I'm sure you will all agree. But hey, the world's on fire, man. The world's on fire. So there you go, that's the news. For this episode, team, we have got a, a thief ban from every shop. £6.16 a Greg's, that's still blowing my mind. Um, Mad Mike and his fucking Christmas jumpers and our Polish brethren who stepped in to stop the fucking scum cunt with a narwhal tusk. There you go. And all of us are aware that a narwhal is not to be fucked with. That's your news. Okay, team, let's close this off for another episode. Thanks to everyone who has listened and got in touch. Um, if you are enjoying the podcast, we're nine episodes deep, man. Fucking nearly double figures. Unbelievable. Building content left, right, and center. If you've enjoyed it, uh, share it, right? Let's help build the numbers, man. I am doing this for you, the core listeners. You are a bunch of fucking rascals. I love every one of you. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening. But we need to push those numbers up, right? No more. Please, could you do this? Let's just get it fucking done, okay? Share the fuck out of this bastard. If you have friends, you get family, get them listening. Tell them to check it out. Send them their way. Let's grow it. Get on the Instagram. We need to get that up to 10,000 so we can start doing the fucking swipey bullshit. Let's build the fucking rascal army. I'll keep these coming. You do your bit. I'll do my bit. We'll fucking meet in the battlefield. It'll be absolutely glorious. Tour shows for the year are done. I am now about to embark on an absolute fucking month of hellish Christmas gigs. But hey, that is what happens when you are a working comic in the UK. Get on the website, scottgibsoncon.co.uk. But the next time we come back for episode 10, I hope I am able to speak properly. Get on the mailing list if you've not signed up. The next big show you need to think about, March the 7th. Classic Grand in Glasgow. A brand new show. Very first time doing it. I've got a new title and everything. Stuff's coming together. It's going to be great. But March the 7th. Tickets are still available. Get on the website. Buy those tickets March the 7th, Classic Grand in Glasgow, a brand new show, and I hope to see you there. Got any questions, anything else, get in touch, but the main thing for this one, enjoy it, share it, subscribe, and let's build the fucking rascal army. I will see you in the battlefield soon. Onwards! It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.